Hello, thank you for listening to this sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allow you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. Good morning, everyone. We just, the last two weeks, we've got some talkative groups, which is great. So, My name is Pastor David. I'm the associate pastor here at West Hill. It is great to have all of you with us and joining us and those of you on streaming as well. We're glad to have you. We definitely have a different Sunday this morning, um, as you can tell. Things didn't start. It is our youth Sunday, so things are going to be going a little different. Uh, our theme this morning, actually before I get into that, just a couple of announcements. We do have Trunk and Treat tonight, um, so even if you haven't planned a theme for Trunk and Treat or anything, you are welcome to still just show up at like 4.30 and park your car and hand out some candy. So we, you don't have to dress up your car, even though some people are gonna be doing that. Uh, we would just love to have you either way and join us for that. It's from five to seven, but our cars usually arrive around 4.30, 4.15 is what we're asking for that. So we'd love to have you for that. Um, next week, it'll be another special Sunday as well as it is a prayer and praise Sunday. So please join us for that. Looking forward to that as well. Um, with today, as we start off, our theme today is not ashamed. Uh, based off of Romans 1.16 is the main verse. And the reason we kind of picked that theme is our youth group for the last six, seven Sundays has been going through a series called The Persecuted Church. Uh, we've been watching a five-minute video about someone who has been persecuted overseas. And then we have discussion on that uh, and talk about it, how that applies to us here today and what that means for us as Christians here in the U.S. As we obviously have different lives than those overseas who are actually being persecuted in a different way or a more severe way, I should say. Uh, not that there's not persecution here, there is. Uh, so that's, that's kind of why we picked the theme today. We have skits today. We have some videos today. I will be up explaining some of these things before they actually do them. So you'll see me up, see me up here a couple of times just to explain what our teens are about to do. But uh, I do look forward to what they have for you. So please keep your attention on them. I, it's, not hard, it's not hard not to, to keep your attention on them. Um, but they'll do a great job. They've been preparing for this. So we're going to start off and have Dimitri come up here. And he's going to read to you our theme verse. And again, it's Romans 116, but I think he's going to do 116 through 17. So go ahead, Dimitri. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that be that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein in the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Romans 1, verse 16 and 17. Thank you. Good job. So again, not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Um, that is our theme. Uh, the next video you're about to watch, we, this is probably the only funny thing out of all of today. It is a pretty serious topic. Um, this video is called The Skinny on Evangelism by the Skit Guys. Um, it starts off by showing you different ways to not evangelize uh, or what would not be the best way to evangelize even though I've done some of these things um, it's just it's pretty funny and then it ends it ends on a serious note um, and then after that 
Uh, we will have Luke Flaker come up after the video, and he actually is going to present a way that he knows how to evangelize to his friends or to other people, and he's going to walk you through that. Um, it's actually called the Three Circles, which is what our group uh, met with for the underground church thing that we just did about a week ago. So he's going to explain that to all of you as well as we keep that thing of not, theme of not being ashamed and evangelizing to those around us. So go ahead. So as Luke comes up, just, do you want the table? Okay. Just to explain again um, how it ends there, that, that is the true story, how those two guys um, came to what they're doing now. They're the ones that run Skit Guys, um, which is huge on evangelizing for Christ. Uh, it's just a pretty awesome story. You have the funny stuff, obviously, but they do make a point with it, which is what I love about that video. Um, do you want to take a moment, though, before Luke does his presentation, but I want to pray for us as we start this service. Lord, we give you thanks for this day. Thank you for who you are. Lord, we can have fun, uh, but also as we learn, uh, that's the best thing, Lord, is we, we want to glorify you in everything that we do, uh, especially today. Uh, Lord, help us to, to be open to what the teens have for everyone. Lord, uh, when it comes to evangelism, for standing up for our faith, for not being ashamed. Uh, Lord, please work in us, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, hi, I'm Luke, and uh, I used to go to Goss Memorial, and this is where I learned the three circles. And um, I've been going here for about six months now. And uh, can we show the first slide, Aaron? Thank you. So the first circle is brokenness, and all those little strings coming off of it, those are the things we do to try and get out of our brokenness, like um, whatever it may be for you as an escape from your sin. And... Uh, there's, have anybody, has anybody ever like snapped a rubber band on their on their hand? It hurts, right? So that's kind of what it does. Um, it snaps back, and we end up back in the brokenness where we were, and maybe even worse off than we were. Um, and then, can you do another one? Thank you. So that other circle represents God's design, and how you see it doesn't have anything but a heart in it to represent God's love, and that's like the perfectness that God designed us for. And uh, we're kind of separated from it, if you couldn't tell. And uh, that's because of sin. We started out there, and then you see the stick figure running to the brokenness because we chose sin over God's perfect design. And then God didn't want us to be like this, right? And he made a way for us through Jesus. And the cross kind of represents uh, Jesus' sacrifice and the arrows are like him going into the grave and then ascending over death. And uh, next line, please. And then all we have to do is just turn and repent. As you see the stick figure prays, we pray our prayer of salvation. And we end up in the Jesus circle, right? But the Jesus circle isn't the end, right? We end up back in God's perfect design through Jesus. And then... The cycle may start over again a couple times, but that's all right because Jesus is the way that we need to be repented. And this is the way that I learned how to evangelize because I would write it down for whoever really all you really need would be a pen. Because I had to do it on my hand one time because I was an A student and forgot my paper. <laughs> and um, I remember we were sharing this with my old youth pastor, Caleb. We went around the neighborhood just showing a bunch of different people this method of salvation. And uh, we had a couple people who said, uh, I'm not interested. 
but even more people said, all right, I like this, keep going. So that's just my take on how we, I think that I share the gospel. Thank you, guys. Uh, just so we have a skit that's going to happen now. It's called The Church in Sardis. Well, we started off this morning with talking about evangelism and what it means to us and how we can evangelize or not evangelize. Um, but this kind of moves into our, our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ and, and what's going on around the world. Again, as we were learning about that in youth group and studying about that. Um, so this skit is two ladies are closing up a store basically and there's a radio still playing in the background and the radio in the background is is an announcer basically giving updates on the persecuted church but while it's going on they're really not focusing too much on it and they're talking about their church and again what you hear there's nothing wrong with what they talk about with their church but it just gives you an idea of our mindset where is our mindset as we are here worshiping um, with what, everything that we have. So that's kind of what this is about. Hey, ready to go? Yeah, looks like we finished the closing list. Oh, except for your radio, which reminds me, is that a Christian station? Oh yes, the weekday personality is the lead guitarist at my church. Seriously? Wow. And reporting for the Worldwide Church, I'm John with your weekly update. You know, I've been meaning to tell you about my church. I go to the one on State Street. I think I know which one you're talking about. It's the one with the cross you can see from the highway? That's the one. It's officially the largest cross in the state. Where riots in the capital city have escalated to the burning of several churches and one Christian-operated orphanage. So, what's it like? Well, the worship team is unbelievable. I mean, there's RJ from the radio station, but there's a few other big names. A couple recording artists who sing. Sounds pretty impressive. A country where it is particularly difficult for refugees fleeing religious persecution since they are granted no rights other than asylum from their pursuers. And worship is one of those things that really tell you something about a church. You know how with some, you walk into the sanctuary and the music is totally dead? Oh, I hate that. Do you have a choir? Of course, there has to be a choir. And they have to have rhythm. Ours is incredible. They get weekly lessons from this gospel singer have experienced similar opposition. The nation's largest Christian congregation was forced to cancel its Easter celebration after receiving several threats of violence. And I really like, this pre like the presence in the community. Last year, we had this fundraiser for a hurricane relief program. We raised almost $100,000. That's incredible. Absolutely, you've got to be doing some good in the community to really call yourself a church. Two families were abducted from the gathering of a house church, where they were tortured and held for five days before the release this morning. Yeah, they did a silent auction, and then we had a concert. That's what's great about our church. I won't deny that we're big, but we use our resources to give back. You don't get that in a lot of churches. Well, we had just finished putting up our, the new worship center last year, and it was a good thing because we maxed it out during that event. It's got a lot of space. Is there a coffee house? Of course there's a coffee house. You've got to have a coffee house. Authorities have confirmed that a teacher in their district was sentenced to life imprisonment for the possession of several Bibles. So what activities do they have? Sounds like it's a church that could offer a lot. Sure. Is there something particular you're looking for? 
I mean, we have your basic youth programs, your singles group, your college and career groups, your men's breakfast and women's ministries. Well, I was thinking I'd like to take some classes. I don't know much about the Christian faith. I was thinking maybe... I'm sure they offer classes. You know what? I'll check in the resource wing and pick, you, and pick up some lists for you. We're hearing similar things from the southern part, where yesterday two pastors were arrested and await trial for distributing Christian literature. I was thinking a class of some kind might be a good way to get to know people too. I've always liked the idea of a big church, but I wouldn't want to get lost in the shuffle. I hear you there. If you want to get connected, our pastors are good at that. But actually, is this terrible? I kind of like going to a church where no one tries to talk you into being connected if you don't want to. You don't have the guilt, but you get to be part of the energy. The energy? Yeah, there's nothing like that feeling when you're worshiping with thousands of other voices, you know, like a good concert, but mo obviously more meaningful. Let's just say this is not a church where you catch people sleeping. Closer to home, a self-proclaimed atheist coalition has presented a petition to Congress regarding the handling of Christian holidays in the public education system. So maybe this is too obvious, but what do they believe? What do you mean? You know, doctrine and all that? Like, what do they believe about Jesus? Jesus? I guess what everyone believes about him. Such as? He's the son of God and he taught us how to live, so we try to live like he did, other than, you know, dying. Oh, right, right. To the extent that a pastor in that state published an anonymous statement questioning his congregation's concern for the persecuted church around the world. So, see you in the morning? Don't forget, it's your turn to make the coffee run. For sure, it'll be an early one. I'll lock up. Citing the words of Christ from Revelation chapter 3, I know your deeds, that you have a reputation that you are alive, but in reality you are dead. Wake up then, and strengthen what remains and is about to die, because I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. All right, the radio. So as we get ready for this next skit, um, this one, we go back to, again, once again, focusing on the persecuted church. Um, this one is, this one is called the... What's it called, guys? Pray for those in chains. Pray for those in chains. Um, so it, it is more serious as we continue to move forward uh, with this service. Um, it is, it, it's the aspect of that relationship between the church uh, here and those who are being persecuted elsewhere. And just what, what does that relationship look like? And so you'll have some that are praying for the persecuted Christian while the persecuted Christian is also praying and so they kind of take turns going back and forth and just pay attention to what they're praying for and what they're praying about um, it, it's a pretty awesome skit and what it means so thank you dear God help I've done nothing but obey you my only goal has been to share your good news to live out your truth and to love others according to your word. I feel weak, I feel afraid, I feel alone. I know you are there, I know it, but in the dark of the night, in the middle of this pain, I can't, I just, oh help me Jesus. Dear Christian, have you not been taught in the writings of Paul in the book of Romans? Rejoice in hope, endure in suffering, persist in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. 
Romans 12, 12 through 15. O church, the author of Hebrews implores you, brotherly love must continue. Remember those in prison as though you were in prison with them, and those ill-treated as though you felt their torment. Hebrews 13, 1 through 3. God, I know this body's temporary. I'm trying not to focus on the pain, but everything hurts. Everything aches. It's been so long since I've eaten, and my mouth is so parched. I long for even a little water. Part of me wants to scream out, how could another human being do this to someone? But I know they don't know what they're doing. I just want the torment to stop. I want to escape. I pray for it to end, but if not, Lord, help me withstand the injuries so I may tell them who you are. Dear great physician, bring healing to her wounds and comfort to her afflictions. Supply sustenance for her body and nourishment for today. In your mercy, provide daily bread. Safeguard her life for your glory. Though her body is wearing away, renew her inner person day by day. Help her to love you more than life itself. Oh Lord, I know you are my father, so you understand my heart. You care for my children and my husband even more than I do. I so long to look at his face and to hold my children tight. Are they afraid? Are they safe? Do they cry at night? Help me entrust them to you alone. Prepare me for whatever may happen. Help them to be ready for whatever happens next. Heavenly Father, shelter her family. Please protect her children and preserve her marriage. Give her perfect peace and free her from worry and dread. Father, I'm sorry. I confess to you today that I don't feel love or hope for my persecutors. I'm angry. They try to belittle you. They've destroyed the life I knew. They torture me, they mock me, and they humiliate my family. Renew my empathy and pity for them and mold the words of my prayers into love and reconciliation for them. Help me to forgive them again. Help me sing praises like Paul and Silas. Give me the words to speak to them that I may fearlessly proclaim your gospel. Help me see them as people for whom you died. Oh Jesus, help him to love help her to love to love and do good for to those who hate her. Help her bless those who curse her and mistreat her. Lead her away from the temptation to resent and seek revenge. Fill her with the same power that you that allowed you to be beaten and taunted and crucified, all while looking at your sheep with compassion. Fill her mind with truth and her lips with prayers and praise. God, have you forgotten me? Are you still there? I don't know if I can keep going. I want to, but I feel myself growing so weary. There doesn't seem to be a finishing line to this race. The days have stretched to months. What if I give up? This morning, I just wanted to, I wanted to die. The hardship just goes on and on and on. When will it stop? Oh, sovereign Lord, bring to her mind the truth that you will never leave her or abandon her. She is experiencing trouble on every side. 
She is perplexed and persecuted. May she not be crushed or driven to despair or destroyed. Remind her that your power is made perfect in weakness. May she fight the good fight as she is poured out like a drink offering. That humanly makes no sense at all. Help her to rejoice in sharing in your sufferings. Help her to persevere. Help her to not grow weary and lose heart. Lord, will all this, will all this be worth it? Father God, producing her perseverance and character and hope, may she see her suffering as momentary and producing an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Give her a glimpse of her imperishable crowns of glory and righteousness and rejoicing in life. Fix your eyes on your son, Jesus Christ, who endured the cross, disregarding its shame and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. May your spirit remind her moment to moment that you win, God. Your glory wins. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and on heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Your glory wins. Amen. And all God's people. In every country and in every language and in every situation said, Amen. Amen. He'll turn you on. <laughs> so this time we're going to move into our sermon portion. We didn't have this last time, but we're excited to have Dylan Meninga up here. I probably just took part of his thing of introducing himself. <laughs> uh, excited to have him preach, though. Um, I asked him a few weeks ago if he'd be willing to do that, and he, without hesitation, said he would. So uh, give your attention to him, but let's go ahead and let's pray for him real quick as we head into our message. Lord, we give you thanks for this day. Thank you for what we've learned so far and just uh, been able to uh, take from the skits and the singing and the Lord, verse reading and all those things, Lord. Uh, just continue to work in our hearts. Lord, please use Dylan right now as he preaches your word. We thank you for the study that he's put into this. I uh, pray that it would be your words and not his as he presents this today. Lord, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Uh, as Pastor David said, I'm Dylan Meninga, and if you don't know me, and I am very blessed to be given the opportunity to provide this message for you and the message that our youth group has already shared. Um, I do, in fact, plan on being the youngest senior pastor West Hill has seen, so <laughs> Pastor Aaron, look out if I were you. That's all I'm saying. <clears throat> no, but I really am thankful for being up here, and I just wanted to help share the message that our youth group has already provided. So with that, let's pray, and then we can dive into the word together. Dear Lord, uh, thank you for this day. Thank you that our youth group has been able to share this message of not being ashamed of the gospel. And I pray that we can take what we've learned today and apply it to our lives. Amen. Um, so as Dimitri read earlier, we will be in Romans 1, 15 through 17, if you would turn there. And I'm going to go ahead and read again. 
That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And, well, I forgot to mention, as we can see here, the author is Paul, and he is writing to the uh, believers in Rome. And as you can see, he's eager to share with them the gospel and putting a lot of emphasis on not to be ashamed of the life we live and what we believe in. So first we'll be looking in verse 16 and where it says, it is the power of God that gives salvation to anyone who believes. Uh, one to point out, it's not by the power of man or any other power that we believe in that gives us this salvation, but based on God alone. And he might give us people in our lives that influence that, but we have to recognize that he is ultimately behind it all and everything that happens. A really good example of this is a story that we covered in our youth group series about not ashamed. And I say it's a good example of what I just covered. And it's about this woman in Iran named Padina who was fully committed to Islam uh, hated Christians, would rejoice when she heard about Christians being persecuted around her. And as a child, she would recite daily prayers, memorize the Quran, and live that life to the fullest of her ability. With, but with so many aspects and rules of Islam to follow, Padina became anxious and quickly fell into depression and suicide. With the thought of suicide on her mind, one night in her apartment with her mother, a Christian man came on the television and spoke during a commercial saying, if you plan to kill yourself, please talk to me because the Lord has a plan for you. Padina's mother quickly picked up the phone to Padina's surprise and in doing so repented to Jesus and became saved that very night. Although Padina was still in protest and wanting to kill herself, so the man went on the phone with her and told her to give Jesus just one chance, one chance to change her life. And so she did, thinking that it would actually prove Jesus wrong in doing her religion a favor by giving him a chance and proving that he didn't exist. And if she didn't do any, if Jesus didn't do anything, then she would in fact say that she'd kill herself the very next week, the same time. But just the very next morning, she noticed her mother, who was uh, diagnosed with a very serious blood disease, was up walking normally around in the house. And she was very concerned and confused for her mother. So she took her to the hospital to find that she had been completely healed over that very night. Seeing this, the doctor asked Padina what God she had prayed to to help her mother get healed. But to her surprise, her response that she had to give was in fact Jesus. And she could never have predicted that to happen in her life. Padina later repented and was saved. And currently her and her mother work in Iran's underground church to help persecuted Christians. We can really see God working behind the scenes in Padina's life. And it shows how he really is in control of everything around us. 
In this country where it is so dangerous to even speak of the gospel, she was still able to stand firm on her beliefs with no shame or embarrassment. I think a lot of us, including me, need to take this as a pretty good example where we live on this side of the world where we can freely worship and worship and praise the Lord as much as we want. But, uh, but a lot of us don't proclaim our newly made bodies as well as some of the people over there do. So don't be ashamed or embarrassed of the gospel or of your beliefs because God wants you to rejoice in his love every day. Uh, moving down to verse 17 now, where it says, For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Now, by first to last, meaning from the time you were saved in your life to then the end of your life. That is the timeline he's talking about there. And in this verse, we can see Paul writing to the believers in Rome, and explaining to them how their whole lives need to be lived by faith. Not just a couple times, or whenever they feel like it, but always to the best of their ability. Too often do we make this gospel about good works or good deeds that we can do, but it's about faith and nothing else. I believe this ties really well into the end of verse 17, where it says, Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. I love this part of the verse because it is a reminder from Scripture to us that it is only by faith in the one true God that the truly righteous live out each day. It isn't by faith of all the worldly things that we endorse ourselves in. While at times these can be good for us, it is not where we, true our, it's not where we find our true satisfaction that we find in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2.8 says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, but it is the gift of God. Faith is a gift. We don't seek it out ourselves, but it is provided by God, which allows us to be righteous in his eyes because of what Jesus has done for us. And... How can we apply this to our lives? As we, as we strive to be righteous believers, we should be able to live out our lives based on the faith that God provides in us. But as we all know, this is way easier said than done. Like, we make mistakes, we're going to fail, but that, that's just part of our growing relationship with Christ, is learning from those mistakes and becoming closer to Him in the process. A good verse that ties along with this is uh, found in Hebrews 11.6, and it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. When we face trials in our lives, it's easy to go back to the worldly pleasures for comfort and satisfaction, but those are only temporary fixes for us. The more we go back to him without seeking God, the farther you're going to put yourself from him. In order for us as righteous followers to seek forgiveness or stability in our lives, we need to seek God and his perfect plan for us instead of these temporary solutions. Because God's plan is perfect even if you think 
your, your idea is better. It's not. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you with thanks that we are able to proudly celebrate you in the gospel message that's provided for us every day. There are many who are not as blessed as we are that can praise you whenever and wherever they wish and who are struggling just to worship you with a constant threat of their lives. So I pray that you help us as a body of believers that we may worship you more proudly and not be ashamed to be a part of your eternal family. I pray for everyone to have safe travels as they go from here and as they go into the next rest of their week and can apply these aspects to the rest of their, to their lives. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.